Hello, this is um, um, the Fan Electric Ghost Show, and we'd like to interview indie artists from around the world. And tonight we have Christina Passion from Canada on the line. And so, Hi there, how's it going? Good. So I'm glad you were able to join us. We we actually um, ran some of your music yesterday um, as a separate um, uh, event on um, Spearman. And we're getting some pretty good lessons on that. It's on track to probably hit like 1K in a couple nice. of days. It's about like 300 lessons so far, but usually they hit about 1,000 to like 1,500. Um, so that's pretty good. So we were doing something a little different. We, we tried to have the music on the show and we were using um, a device called a roll and go mixer, but it was having some trouble when, when we actually have somebody on the line. Uh, I see. To the app developers. So we do have uh, your California Dreaming YouTube video that we might try to play through an open air mic later in the show, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when we do that, you'll, you'll go on mute. But um, yeah, so I, I was. Uh, I was very uh, interested in your work, and I was glad that you uh, you accepted this uh, chat. So I just wanted to, at first, like you know, maybe you could give uh, the folks in the audience like a brief introduction to your your career in music, and like when did you start, you know, getting involved in in the indie music scene, and how long have you been doing it, and things like that. Maybe you can kind of speak to that. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for having me first off. Um, so my name is Christina Passion. I'm a singer, songwriter, uh, performer from Canada, um, Ontario. And um, I've been singing pretty much um, since I was like four. <laughs> uh, you know, I was um, always around the music scene. My father was a DJ and my mother, she was, a, I guess, the star of the karaoke scene with her friends. And um, I kind of came naturally to me um, and I went to the Ontario Conservatory of Music um, from the age seven to about 13. Um, and I hadn't really, I guess, looked at myself as, as an independent artist um, until my second year of high school. So back when I was uh, around maybe 16, um, before then I was just kind of doing covers and I was um, performing at competitions um, and I actually originated from Broadway um, and then it wasn't until I started going into open mic shows and um, kind of GTA where I met artists who were kind of pursuing their dreams as, um, as, as themselves uh, um, and kind of formulating their own sounds and where I had met a producer named Sydney Johnson who's from Brampton, Ontario and um, you know they invited me on stage and I sang a cover and I guess he liked my voice so he uh, he pulled me aside after the show and he was like oh you know I, I have a, a track that I think that you'd sound really good on um, and then from there on I um, recorded Stay With Me, which was my first single that was released in 2013. Um, and, you know, it was like my first ever single and I was still trying to figure myself out as an artist. And um, I, I wasn't even really sure if EDM pop was the route I wanted to go. It was just kind of the track that was first thrown at me. and. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, it's, you know, let's kind of do it and have fun with it and see what happens. Um, from there, it ended up being signed to Universal uh, Canada. 
So, um, you know, the music, music video was produced for it and, um, it ended up, you know, kind of going, going bigger than I thought it would, which was great. Um, so then after, I guess it kind of got wind and I got a lot of, um, inquiries for a lot of EDM music and electronic based sounds. So I kind of just, uh, went with it. Um, and yeah, and then from there on, I've had a, a few successful contracts signed, which, um, I'm happy about. And, uh, present date i'm kind of just trying to figure out if edm is really still the route i want to take my music or if you know i want to kind of go more acoustic based and uh find more expression in my lyrics because um yeah that's what i really like to portray yeah i I liked um you know the songs i was i previewed like memories and road to the sun and um, thank you and prisoner and i like the content so i I guess i was going to ask you on those songs did you write those songs? Did you work with like uh, songwriters or were you heavily involved in the content? So all of my music that you find on all of my social media links are all written by me. Um, I've actually started writing poetry before I discovered um, my voice, uh, not in a cover sense, more of an artist sense, like mm-hmm. me, myself, the way I sound. Um, and I and I love deaf poetry growing up. Like I would sit on YouTube and just watch poetry and writing has always been my big thing. So I find with EDM music that it's kind of difficult to yeah. express those depths and reach, you know, all those shadowed corners um, through such, you know, loud progressive uh, beats and, you know, drops. And it's kind of more something that you party to, which is great. But I think as me as an artist, I have so much more to say. So that's something I'm battling with right now. Yeah, it's one of the things like, you know, as, as you know, my persona of fan, I'm electric ghost. I'm, I'm in that genre, but I'm really more what I found is the category of like synth wave, mm-hmm. which is more like a new version of a new wave where you can kind of bring like new romantic kind of Bowie kind of aspect. Yeah. And, then, and then if you're in that kind of vein, it's more new wave and it also allows songwriting. Because you exactly go back to what Bowie was doing with Berlin and Lowe, he was using the sense in a very you know kind of advanced way, and yeah, and I think the problem with the EDM is it's kind of like disco. It's like it's it's a heavy dance. It's got a lot of energy, and the youth like it, but there's not a lot of songwriting aspects to it. So if you're a classic like songwriter and you're trying to build songs, it's hard to get that audience to really pay attention to it like a song. They, they don't really want to hear, they want to hear a dance track or like a rave track. And so you can try to fit in that genre, but I think there, there are new genres within electronic music that are kind of going back to the new wave and new romantics and Bowie aspects. And I think that's kind Definitely. of where, where you might Definitely. be. I think, you know, EDM is, is such a broad uh, genre of music, you know, um, you have progressive house, you have deep house, you have, you know, um, there's all kinds um, that fall underneath that branch. And um, me, I'm really discovering that uh, I don't I don't necessarily want to like shy away from from that, because, again, um, you know, I, I've had success with it. And present day, I still get inquiries for, you know, that type of music. Um, but I, I want to find a way where I'm able to kind of mesh the two genres or have, you know, acoustics, um, percussions, and, and maybe even like a balance of um, songwriting 
with, you know, still those classic EDM kind of buildups, but nothing too extreme. And I think that's um, a challenge I'm facing uh, mm -hmm. because people don't really know where to start with that because, you know, I have all these ideas. Oh, let's put this in. Let's put that in. And then, you know, I think it's something that I need to first um, develop. Yeah. Um, so people can understand where I'm coming from, but that's, that's like every artist, you know, everyone has a, yeah. a theme or, uh, a way of expressing themselves, which makes them different from everyone else. And, um, I'm still trying to figure that out. So, so when you said you went to the conservatory, so are you like a trained pianist or guitar player or just like a composition you're able to compose? Cause you're very um, it's funny because, you know, I actually can't read notes, but I did go to school for um, piano and I think they got up to maybe uh, the 11th level or something. Um, I also went to um, Long and McQuaid, which is um, an instrument, an instrumental store here um, in Ontario uh, where they offer classes. And I took guitar there for maybe about a year or so. But this was all in, you know, I was very young. Um, unfortunately, I... I didn't, you know, have the benefit of coming from a family where financially it was it was very lucrative for them to just kind of be like, okay, you can do whatever, you know, growing yeah. up. Um, so there came there came a time where it was like, okay, it's getting a little pricey, you know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I wish I had self-taught myself further, uh, but I guess <laughs> I just stopped when I was so young and I didn't have the opportunity to become better at it. But hey, in the future, you know, I. Um, I'm sure it's in me. I can probably pick it up again, but I wouldn't call myself a pianist or a guitarist. Yeah. No. But there's a lot of tools today, you know, we, you know from Ableton. To the oh, bar. yeah. Yeah. And even if, you know, I'm a synthesis, so I'm, I'm a, you know, a synthesizer keyboards. And mm -hmm. I use hardware work you know, flows like modes and, you know, Jupiter's and voice coders and stuff like that. Coders and drum machines. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't live in the door. I actually write it. I actually play mm -hmm. it. I don't sample. Um, mm -hmm. so I kind of come from the school of people like, you know, that were listening to Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer and Genesis and wanting to write that type of music and actually play it with people in a basement or play it on stage in New York City. You know, Which shows. I think is great, you know, because the music nowadays is, is just so, um, I guess, quite the opposite of that, you know. Um, especially yeah. in the electronic scene, um, nothing seems very uh, natural anymore. Yeah, um, that's one of the things I found is like, you know, I, I try to gravitate toward artists that have still that singer-songwriter aspect. You know, I'm kind of like a child of the 70s. I'm 50 years old. And, you know, I oh, wow. like <laughs> when, you know, Todd Rundgren is out there and the, and the yeah. carpenters and, you know, you have Carol King, and, you know, the songwriters were-, were All the greats. Yeah, they were they 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 crafted things because you know they play piano or they played acoustic guitar. You have the James Taylors of the world, you know the Bob Dylan's. People would write really impressive lyrics, impressive strong song mm -hmm. structures. That's where I kind of come from, and I understand mm -hmm. the DAW. You know, kind of makes it so people don't have to go to the studio, but mm -hmm. it does take away some of that um, classic songwriting capability. That, that rawness. Yeah, the rawness is what I like to do, you know, and I've been working with people and producing indie work that kind of is um, a merging of like electronica, synth, progressive rock, all these different things with like punk aspects and everything, just because that's where I came from and that's what mm -hmm. I like. And so 
what I really liked in your music, you know, is, is hearing lyrics like in, in your song Memories, it's like pain makes you seem uh, so real. You know, mm-hmm. a line like that, you know, kind of reminds me of like the classic songwriter line. That's not something mm-hmm. you normally hear like in a lot of music today. And uh, that's what really kind of drew me to what you were saying in your music because you're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're telling stories. You're, yeah, you're exactly. Imagery that's not just about like a beat or dancing. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to dance, you know, disco and funk. For sure, cool. yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are cool. Those are legitimate genres. There's nothing illegitimate by any type of music. But it's just really cool to see a songwriter, you know, using, you know, the EDM electronic format, but also, you know, I can see what you're trying to do with your lyrics. I see what you're doing. And, and I can see that you're probably, you know, you're right about moving forward with more, you know, songwriter aspects, I think is the way things are going now. Even a lot of EDM bands are integrating, you know, modern synthesizers into their rigs. They're not just sampling now. They're starting to bring modes in. They're starting to bring profit synthesizers. They're trying to, you know, actually build things a little bit more depth, you know, with some of the cutting edge groups. Um, you still there? You still hear me? Sure. Yeah. yeah. can actually, you know, visualize that and see that that's what I'm doing with my lyrics. Because, you know, at first, um, for example, um, Road to the Sun, I had recorded that out in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And um, so that wasn't pre-written. What happened was a producer had reached out to me over Instagram, actually. And, um, you know, I I really want to work with you. I said, oh, that's great. Are you from Canada? (laughs) And, you know, no um majority of people i do um kind of seem to be outside of of my area so um you know i then got an invitation to kind of go down there and i was um working with um universal music and keep digging entertainment which is like the third party that kind of signed my contract for stay with me um at the time and um they had told me uh, you know Phoenix and um and and we can you know make it happen so um so I said okay you know I'll go down there um but again I I just had the basics of the song kind of sent to me I didn't really have any lyrics the song wasn't even completed yet um and at the time um I was kind of going through a lot um trying to figure myself out you know with school with work with you just just you know human stuff um and uh when i'd got there you know the producer we we connected really well as friends and you know he's like oh let me take you around first you know so i was i really only went for four days so time for me but um you know i went down i went into sedona and i got to see the mountains or not the mountains but the um yeah yeah the desert yeah the desert pretty much um and uh and then I got to, um, the Grand Canyon was closed at the time, but um, we got to walk around that general area. And I was just, um, everything seems so um, serrated down there. You know, everything's so bright because you're in the desert and everything feels like it's a reflection of the sun. And um, I guess we walked down this one path that um, he was like, oh, you got to stand right there. And he's like, it's perfect. And, And he just went and he took a picture of me. And then I looked at the following 
the road to the sun. So we got into the studio, um, you know, on the second day, which we went and recorded at Pyramix, which is a very known studio um, out there. Uh, a lot of um, the older, you know, bands, I think even, um, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix even recorded there at one point. It's a very old studio and it looks like a pyramid mm -hmm. and it, it's super awesome. So we went in there and, you know, he played the song and, and then, um, that's that's how it kind of came to be and and it is a metaphor for kind of trying to find yourself um and um you know whatever you're kind of going through in life you could just follow the road to the sun it, it's what gives you life it's what gives you energy it's kind of saying you know there's another day you know it's not the end you're gonna wake up tomorrow and there's gonna be a brighter and better day um and yeah like i was saying like i really appreciate that you see that in my music because um it's a shock at first so when i brought that song back People were expecting kind of like, you know, just the, the normal um, EDM, you know, the yeah. the classic drops. And, and but then we I had passed it along to my other producer that produced Stay With Me. And uh, he's great at the guitar. And, and he's like, oh, what if we do this? And, you know, he kind of threw a riff in there. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I really. And. Um, I really yeah, it was liked like 80s, it. So eighties you know, kind of pop, you know, or nineties. Yeah, it was just really different. With that guitar, that's why I really kind of like that because people don't really do that anymore. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fifty, so I I kind of appreciate you know multiple time periods, but I I really like it when a song song is actually structured like a song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it has um, it has that bridge and it has the guitar solo and it has the melody. And sometimes an EDM, you don't you don't get that. You get the EDM structure, which is you know its own structure. But this yeah. song is more classic, you know, in that sense. Yeah, and um, and I liked that, and um, you know, it was a little bit of a shocker for for some. But you know, I think like great, you know, the people that kind of just want to make a hit and you know pop off and be great is is like, I think that's, I don't want to say. It's a little bit of a mixture of, you know, yeah. having a little bit of ego and wanting to um, be, uh, I guess, absorb fame. And really why I do what I do is, is not necessarily for that. You know, of course, every artist wants to, to hit a goal or wants to be known, mm -hmm. but I do because it helps me sleep at night, you know, and um, if I don't express, I don't know what else I will do. Yeah, I know a lot of songwriters, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, and I've been around for a lot of them, seven, you know, 50 years old, but they basically, you know, they it just comes out of them. They can't really control it, and they have an idea where they want to go, and, you know, it happens to be sometimes you get the collision where an artist suddenly finds the market or finds that audience, and they're just doing what they normally want to do, and then there's other times where they're trying really hard to fit mm -hmm. the market. But a lot of artists, you know, they're just going to do what they feel is right artistically. And then it happens to find that market that's cool. But, you know, I know a lot of artists, they just keep on plugging away and they never really got to a big market. But they just, you know, within their little niche, they're okay. And they're willing to just stay in that. And then other times, like, if you want to break into the pop market, you have to kind of push it a little bit differently. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think I understand where you're. You have that kind of because you have a, a really good voice for that kind of pop music and thank that you. EDM, and you could totally you're totally in that but i can see that you're you also have these classical 
you know, song craft, you know, leanings. And so I, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. And I think that really makes your music interesting because there's so many people that don't really do that today. And, and they just kind of fall into, you know, they could end up being like one hit wonders, you know, and you can jump on that, but then it's like, okay, like, are you, are you going to try to create like your own like catalog or canon of material? Cause you have a direction that you want to go with. And I, you know, I think it's always good to go with that. And then, you know, people will find you if you really. Yeah, exactly. You, you want the fans that are gonna want you for you anyway, you know, I feel like a lot of the time people are kind of masking them true selves just, just so they can make a hit or just so they can, you know, be known or get their name out there. And I feel like in some ways I was kind of doing that with EDM, at least for like some of the songs that I've been featured on, which I don't put on my um, personal uh, social media because I don't think it's a true reflection of myself. I yeah. have worked and collaborated with other people that, you know, very much wanted to work with me and, you know, I I felt like I don't want to really turn you down. You know, it's it's a great opportunity for you and for me. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I don't. It's not if if I were alone in a room, and I and I had producer skills and I knew what I was doing and I knew what sound I wanted. That's not what the outcome would be. Yeah. So I mean, every artist, you, you do your work that you can get. You know, because if you're a working musician, you're gonna you're gonna do the collabs with people. Or hot, you know, you got, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna jump on that, and you know, you know, you can't, you can't put down any artist that's doing that because they're a working musician, you know. And I, I, yeah. I totally understand that. You know, you get a lot of guys in in the indie community that kind of get, like in New York City, in mm -hmm. Greenwich Village, and you get the punk scene. They're kind of like very pure, and they're like, well, I'm not gonna sell out, and I'm not gonna do this. And I'm like, so okay, well, you're not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, so you gotta. You got to balance it out between the people who are like the purest and want to be like Lou Reed in the Velvet Underground and never make it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like until like, you know, later, you know, 30 years later, you make it. It's like, well, we, you don't really have 30 years to wait, you know, you got to. Yeah, exactly. What you to do. Yeah, so I think um, I was listening to your California Dreaming cover that's on your YouTube. Yeah, I was going to try to play that. And hopefully it comes out. So you, you mind if I play that? Is it okay? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, just go on mute for, for the length of it. And then I'll, when it comes off, just come back in. No worries. All right. Okay. Okay. All right.
Christina Passion uh, doing a cover hey. of California <laughs> Dreaming. And I was actually watching the video <laughs> on my equipment. I have like a studio, home studio, so I can do stuff like that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that really shows your depth, you know, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to play that because you know, I can see, you know, that's what, what you, you know, I think that's a really beautiful version of the song. Thank and you. I like it kind of focuses on your vocals. And, you know, without all the drums of like electronica, you know, you can really showcase what you, what you can do. You know, your voice is your instrument, you know, so Thank you. That's, yeah. that's really cool. You know, and I think, you know, you can you do a lot of cool things with keyboards and you could probably do a lot of cool layering with different types of electronic music. Um, you know, I'd like to see what you would do if you were doing like, you know, synth wave, dark wave, the stuff that has a little bit more, you know, depth than some mm -hmm. of the just pure dance because there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with synthesizers i'm a big you know keyboard guy and i i, I oh, there's yeah. things you can do that you know with grand pianos and modes and profits that could could you know if you if you wrote a really good song and used your voice and built something that was substantial you know you could kind of go back to like you know 70s type of songwriting you know you could build something really cool and that's well, I see there are people trying to do stuff again today, but you mm -hmm. know, it's just like a lot of the electronic pop music kind of overpowers it and you don't really see people. I mean, you get the Tori Amos sometimes, you know, that kind of show how you can do that, you know? Um, yeah. 
but um, yeah, I, I would just like I wanted people to, to hear that. Um, well, thank you, thank you so much for playing that. Um, yeah, you know, I I, um, I agree. I, I just feel like again, like with the EDM, um, there wasn't enough room for me to hear myself, like you know, to 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 really express myself um and it's it's funny you know i i totally agree with you with the with the instruments and not just the piano like i i envision um a song or an ep one day that has you know um violins in it and harps and you know um all the natural things i think really that modern day music doesn't doesn't really have too much of anymore um another yeah. thing that I would love to incorporate, um, like, cause I, I'm a professional dancer as well. And um, I dance salsa and bachata and, you know, I I had, this is gonna sound a little weird, <laughs> a little funny, but I had a little dream the other day where uh, I had this performance um, where I kind of incorporated all of that and, you know, and had some like flamenco guitar, um, but a little, but then there was like a part in the song where it picked up a little bit and it was kind of like poppy, but then it slowed down a little bit again. And there was my voice and, and then there was a break where I started dancing and, <laughs> you know, um, this is just what I envision uh, for the future, yeah. but um, it, it's cool stuff, you know, that you don't hear. And, and I just, I like being abnormal. I don't, I don't like following trends. Um, and, yeah. you know, maybe that will bring my success later, but I, uh, that's okay for me um because i just want to make good music that is a true affection of myself so yeah i can see you having a real band you know backing you up you know like yeah i would love that <laughs> like if you think about like you know the big band that prince used to have you know that, that would be amazing <laughs> you could have that kind of depth you know because if you had like a band like the mpg backing you like that you know you, you could do something where you could have calypso beats and flamenco guitar and horns and yeah um, really good dance beats really good bass playing um it also like i think like if you thought, thought about like like a stacks or motown or you know uh type of sound given your yeah voice, you um, could so, really do well with that type of genre I so i'm actually working on my first ever ep because all of those songs that you had played yesterday on my social media links they're all singles um so i'm, I'm working on an ep um where there is kind of that jazzy Motown kind of feel. A couple of tracks are like that. Um, and then I do have another track where it's kind of um, a Kizomba like, uh, like salsa-like, but, it, but it's also, yeah. um, it's fun. Um, and then there's some emotional tracks in there too. And um, yeah, so this, this EP is a little bit of a mixture, but it, but it defines my voice a lot more than everything else I've uh, released so far. Yeah, they so. should all, whoever mixes your album, they should make sure your voice is like way up in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a lot of EDM artists are like, they're not singers. And so yeah. they use all that loudness to kind of cover up. Oh, yeah. If, if, so when you have somebody like yourself, that's actually, you're a singer, you know, you're a vocalist. And so you really if somebody's going to mix you into the mix one they need to really be pushing you up you know yeah. higher and and it or making sure that it's eq'd in such a way it's mastered in such a way that it really focuses on your vocal and there, mm -hmm. you know, there are ways to do that I mean, i'm a producer myself but i'm a kind of lo-fi indie producer but um mm -hmm. yeah i just I, I can kind of hear where your voice is and i would never bury it 
like you know it depends like the strength of somebody's voice you, you look at what somebody's doing some artists are more experimental and they're not really keen on their voice and they like to hide behind the bass and the drums and the sense mm -hmm. and that's what they do because they're they're, mm -hmm. they're sometimes they're poets or they don't really die they're not real mm -hmm. key singers but since your your voice is your instrument you really you know that's something i think that uh you know i can hear in the future your music you know you could do really well with what you're saying you know doing that flamenco and that calypso and kind of world beat you know doing the motown beats and you know stacks type of stuff that would be really cool i think you could do really good like with like neo soul neo yeah that type of thing i think that yeah. would really focus your voice in those genres you know yeah, well, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, that's definitely the direction that I, I want to head in. Um, it's just, it's hard, you know, uh, finding people to work with that are on that same wavelength, same page, same understanding. Um, and then also, you know, when you collaborate with people, it's an exchange of um, expression. You know, I don't want to take away from what they feel is their art. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want them to take away from me either. Uh, there was this one track that I had worked on which isn't featured on my social media because it the track overall sure sounds great sure people love it but what they did with my voice i was not very pleased with um you know they they i guess they heightened it i was in a whole different pitch and and it was oh, just they shifted, they shifted they, the yeah out. and it, it was just i felt like that, that that didn't need to be done and i'm not being you know conceited It's okay. Be there for the second time. <laughs> back. back. Yeah. All right. Back. Well, we'll just do it in multiple parts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all We've right. Done that yeah. It gets published. Um, it doesn't come out live. It gets published. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's just it's just cool to find ways to get the music out there today because now you don't have to be like, oh, my label is gonna like not put this out. Yeah, you can act say, okay, if you're really passionate, it's like, well, I'm gonna go do a YouTube concert and I'm just gonna put it out. Yeah, and so you don't have to have the gatekeepers anymore, like tell you that, oh, we're not gonna release this. Well, you you can still get it out. You know, and that's that's why I think it's really the big equalizer today. So yep. the people who are really passionate about what they want to do, just just find a way to get it out. Exactly. You know, so that's that's what I've been trying to help. I've been trying to help people with that, with what I do here. Because mm -hmm. I, when I first started doing this, the reason I do this show is because there were people on the net that would charge money to get interviewed. And mm -hmm. I was kind of getting annoyed with that. And I said, well, you know, isn't there going to be somebody out there interviewing people for like, like a radio show and just mm -hmm. do it? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know what? I'll do it. I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll start doing it. And if I do it, then maybe other people will do it. But, you know, that's, that's, you know, and that's how you, you kind of build a movement. He's like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to do this for free because I see people who are indie artists and I think they need to get pushed. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how, how people can build a community. That's that's what I'm really into. It's kind of like a 60s ethic. You know, like if you feel that there should be like this kind of new culture of these indie artists that we, sh we should help each other. In, yeah, you know, a more personal way, right? Yeah, because I mean, I was in New York and there's like, I, I was trying to play a show at this, at this club called Fat Baby. 
and the promoter like the club owner said well you, you can play if you can get three other bands to show up so i went on facebook and i found like the electronic forums where all these other bands are there i started talking to them i said hey you know if you guys want to play a show i yeah. got a gig if you other or three other bands show up and so yeah. I got all three bands to show up and then we took over the club so that's, that's how great. Sometimes you can you can cause something to happen if you start thinking about like, word of mouth. Yeah, you don't just do it by yourself. Start working with the other indie artists and say, "Hey, we're just gonna we're gonna take over the club." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta put your foot down sometimes, you know. Just do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. and then that way you kind of say, "Hey, this is the type of music," and we weren't playing covers, and we're all playing our own original music, mm -hmm. and we kind of forced it that yeah, we're gonna have a synth wave night. And we're going to have original music being played. And, um, you know, that's cool because there's a lot of, you know, guys that just do covers. And that's cool because people want to play. But I think if you're really passionate about what you're doing, you want to have your own material. You know, yeah, yeah. They want to have their own song. And I think a singer-songwriter is the is like the epitome of an artist in the music, you know, because if you get a window into somebody's like soul and how they're mm -hmm. gonna do something like you mm -hmm. were just saying that artist that you were just talking about is that you don't see that from like a highly produced kind of commercial corporate artist no you'll get that when you actually get to see somebody who's very passionate and kind of bringing something new to the table it comes from the people who who kind of follow their their views you know mm -hmm. well that's the thing you know most of those known big artists I'm not going to say all, but a lot of them, they don't write their own content and, you know, they're not dressing the way they want to dress <laughs> and they're yeah. not, you know, saying what they want to really truly say. And then, you know, you get to some next level when you're like Lady Gaga level where you're breaking down and you're tired of it because there's so yeah. many years of being told what to say and how to act at that point. You, wh who are you? You don't even know who you are anymore. Right. But that's a yeah. whole other level <laughs> um but uh yeah yeah i guess there's you know there's you, you to each their own and you take it how it kind of uh how it leads you into this industry everyone's a little bit yeah, different with their path well it used to be the labels would support you know a lot of indie artists had different visions but then after like napster and all these other things happened and they started to have the re reduction where they only want about the bottom line mm -hmm. um and so, but, but, but there's a whole another, you know, community outside of the labels that's on, you know, Facebook, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Fanburst, it's all, all these, all these other places, you know, it's on Instagram. And this is where, to me, like, you know, being an electronic musician, if, if I'm looking at the guys who are using like modular Eurorack analog sets, you know, guys in Berlin, guys mm -hmm. in Israel, guys, mm -hmm. you know, all over the world, they're taking these modern synthesizers and just creating all this crazy progressive music. Now it's never going to be in the top 10, but there's a lot of really innovative stuff happening mm -hmm. in electronic music where people are taking, you know, very cool um, machines that can create really amazing music and you won't hear it in the top 10 at all. You know, it's probably at the bottom thousand, but it's, mm -hmm. it's where the music is coming and eventually people will mine this music and it will get into the top 10. Oh and yeah. It's like, well, where did, it, where did that come from? And it came from this underground community. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
that's where all that stuff's coming from. And that's where I kind of, I, I kind of live in that underground. <laughs> I think people kind of live on trends too. So if one person, sure, maybe the one person listens to that track that's in, you know, the bottom thousands or whatever. Um, but it's not until all of their group of friends and, you know, family and friends and people or this post you see on Facebook that's been shared finally where now it's a trend and now you're going to listen to it, you know, more often than yeah. you were. Um, even if it's a good song or not, um, that's, that's just, I guess, the way that it, people, people are. <laughs> yeah, well, people want to know, you know, that they're listening to something that's kind of like approved. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the social mores, like people don't want to feel like the odd person out. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's kind of like we're like in the in the community I'm in. It's like it's kind of a bunch of nerds, you know. Like we're guys working on synthesizers with all these wires, and we look like we're like mad scientists. <laughs> and so it's like we don't really we're not trying to be stylish, you know. We're totally deep into our our modes and stuff, and we're just trying to create the next sound. You know, mm -hmm. we're and, and kind of you know, you know our our big. You know, people that we look up to are like like Leonard Nimoy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like you know, uh, uh, you know, the Tesla like CEO or Bill Gates or you know, uh, Steve Jobs. These are the mm -hmm. type of people we kind of look up to. Like you know, so we're not trying to to be you know in the top ten at all. We're just mm -hmm. trying to create like new things. You know, new exactly. sound. And so if it happens to be that people end up liking it, that's cool. Um, but that's why I wanted to, like, with this show, I'd like to talk, talk to people multiple genres. I talked to some kids in London who are punk rockers. Mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to, like, uh, experimental, you know, songwriters like Hydra and another Canadian artist named Rain uh, mm -hmm. I interviewed, and she's touring. And, and then some, you know, some people who are doing other types of genres. It's, it's, I, I like to just not just do, like, people just thought, oh, well, you're just going to do EDM interviews. Like, no, I, I interview like any type of music I can, I can get. Oh, that's great. That's great. The variety is good because you learn yourself, you know, about other people and what they may be facing in the industry and, you know, how the road may be different for some, especially in the, the type of uh, music that they do. Yeah, it's just really cool. So are you, um, so you said you're working on some EPs and so you have any target dates? Um, so really they're all all the songs are pretty complete I'm just kind of waiting um, for my producer and my engineer to uh, to 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 produce it <laughs> to, to oh, have it recorded and, and recorded and everything. yeah master and, and all that stuff uh, so I'm I'm hoping by the end of this year, you know it's just that's another thing you know it's just um, you got to wait for people to finish like the mastering and everything well no 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 it's just you know they have the other artists and then it comes the confliction between like you know they're balancing you know work as well plus oh, this okay. is also work plus you know it, it's hard um to find you know that yeah. full-time you know producer that you also get along with that is also on the same wavelength as you that's just gonna bam 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 and get it out and done with i was been working on this since uh the end of july and um i've okay. even perf performed um one of the songs that are on the ep for rogers television um it's just a matter of finally getting them to get the ball moving and you know yeah um and so yeah, i i really hope it'll be before the end of the year i can't say an exact date though <laughs>
Yeah, it's like the thing is like, you know, I, I, I'm starting to get a bigger calendar myself. You know, I'm, I'm producing a record. I got two songs to finish. I'm getting ready to start another one that won't be done until sometime in 2018. And then I always produce my own stuff. Um, and so, you know, now I'm starting to get to a point where I can see where like, okay, I could start having bottlenecks <laughs> and people might not get their stuff. Yeah. Back. Yeah. And you know, get it. like, so what, are you like releasing this EP? Are you like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I'm working on. And, um, uh, you guys will just have to stay tuned. Well, that's cool. It's like, we like, we like to, um, um, talk to every bit per artist that we talk to on Spearman. We, we say that in you know, four or five months, we're going to talk to you again and see where you are. Um, All right. And that, we like to do that if you, if, you, if you feel like coming back. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, why not? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we're just trying to, you know, promote as many indie artists as we can. We're, we're trying to increase our capabilities. The app makers are always trying to make it more stable that we weren't as stable tonight as we wanted to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. We're just very excited that we have had you on the show and uh, we're going to put this into like three parts and we'll send you the links when they're up. They should be up later tonight and we'll push it out on our Phantom Elective Ghost sites. We're on, um, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter and we have a blog blogger that we put these up on as well, a blog okay. page. So we have a page where we have every single chat that we've had and we'll put your chat on that page and we'll send you a link for your individual chat and you can push it out however you want um, that's awesome well i'd like to thank you so much too for um you know having me on the show and i really appreciate that you know you're doing this for um and you know all of us underground indie artists and uh i really appreciate um, you taking the time to speak with me <laughs> well it was very very great to talk to you you have an awesome voice i hope that you were able to get it out in front and do the type of work that you really want to do. And I'll be uh, following you as you do that. Well, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Okay, bye. Hello? Hello? So glad you came back on. How are you? Um, Here's some kind of clicking. Clicking? No, no clicking. Okay, so maybe we're just walking or something. Um, yeah, so it's great to have you back on the show. We had you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, last year, and uh, just want to talk to where, where you are today and what you're working on, and yeah, the for thoughts sure. you want to just talk about the things you want to like tell, talk about to your fans, just like so we can say where where you are today in 2018. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think last time I had mentioned uh, that I was kind of trying to change the direction of uh, my sound and um, successful, successfully, I think over the past year, I've um, found it. Um, and I've been kind of just honing in on it and, and uh, making it mine. The issue I'm kind of facing now is just uh, finding like, like-minded people that, that in, enjoy that same kind of genre and feel and um, are willing to work on projects that are specifically like that. Yeah, so that's where I kind cool. of stand at the moment. 
so maybe go into more detail can you go into more detail what this direction entails and like what where are you going with it yeah for sure so um if you do follow me and um, you enjoy what i have released in the past it's a lot of like the progressive house edm music uh very loud big room um kind of style um which is fun to party to and so on and so forth but i felt that um it wasn't really giving me much uh, singer songwriter um room and enough uh smokiness i guess you want to call it to my voice which it comes more naturally to me than um belching out um over progressive drops um so now i'm kind of working more on like an indie pop chill out style um that could be heard like for example on Sirius XM chill oh cool um yeah so like a lot of still like a lot of house elements yet um something more down tempo mm. and um that you can listen to more than once in a day <laughs> it would be more like more like a torch songs or like um or 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 like actually um singing ballads that are more like you know deeper uh some are ballads but more just like chill like you can listen to it at any time it's like one of those songs that are not like for well, a specific I... moment they're just like you could put them on while you're in the shower. You could put them on while you're studying. You could put them on if you do want to get ready for a party. Like it's almost like uh, feasible in a way where it's just cool and chill. Yeah. Yeah. So not like the 120 beats per minute, 130 yeah, beats per minute. Exactly. Um, you know, what do they call it? Like, like dance hall, like really banging tracks that a lot of exactly. people Exactly. Kind of more like a Kygo Kygo kind of feel, just a little bit less tropical, more like smoky, if I could give it. What about like Kaliuchi? Is it kind of like going toward that? Um, there could there's some elements like that, kind of, but it's not quite that either. Um, yeah. So my issue, like I was mentioning, is just kind of trying to find people that are like not even just on board, but I've realized too and it may just be the circle that i'm around at the given moment that people a lot of people are facing you know the artistry versus the nine to five and being able to do it full-time or part-time but then also actually making projects progress um for a lot of people it's difficult because you know they have whatever why x y and z responsibility that they have to take care of prior to their artistry and then it puts a backseat on projects so i'm trying to find people that are like more full-time and like really want to make it happen and push forward because i'm in a position where i can afford to do that so um yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now that's cool because like i've been you know, I've been playing this indie game myself with an electronic, you know, synth-based music, and I just do it because I like to do it. And you yeah, know, I'm starting to find my audience, and I'm been collaborating with people and doing things. And I just do it because I want to, and yeah. you know, I find the time to do it. And I which is cool home, too. My own home studio, and I just kind of put out things that if I feel it, then I put it out. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of restrictions because I have my own home studio. I have all my own gear. 
I can just master stuff all day. Um, That's awesome. So, so it's just, uh, you know, what I've been doing is just linking up with other people and working with them and, and, and doing things like soundtracks and other types of things. But it's really cool. Like I understand it's like to try to find like-minded people mm -hmm. because sometimes they like you collaborate with somebody that might not be like a musician all the time. Exactly. And, and then you, maybe as a musician, you can get something down if you really are into it and do high quality work and get it done like two weeks. And yeah. this other person takes like months. Yeah, so, exactly. And then you're like, well, I had that idea like two weeks ago and now it's like three months later. I'm kind of like not feeling it as much. Yeah, that's exactly I, what's going on. Before. <laughs> yeah. So is that kind of what it is? Like the iron's hot and now it's cooled because it's like four months later? <laughs> well, I, I was working on an EP. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's been like in the works for the past year and I'm at I'm at that point where I'm like, is this a legitimate thing or because I'm that particular EP, I was working with a band and a lot of members of this band, um, a little bit more middle aged, um, mm -hmm. very talented, but I don't think that they're in the same position as me in terms of like where they want to take the music and if it's going to be like a career or not, because they're in their careers and they're in a different you know, position in their yeah. lives, which is totally understandable. But for me as an artist, it's like, okay, so I've now announced that I'm working on an EP and that was like seven, eight months ago. <laughs> and now, you know, people are kind of waiting to, to hear it and what's going on. And, and I don't, I don't know if I should even proceed with it at this point. Cause I, yeah. I've almost lost uh, creative vision towards it. Like I had all these ideas for videos and, Etc. Um, and then uh, now at this point, it's almost like the thought is a little bit jaded for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they gotta bring in like you know, I guess more professional or studio musicians or musicians that are able to to meet the gig. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's kind of hard, but like a lot of times you gotta find the like-minded you know people who are not passionate. You know, because I I've had. I had an opportunity one time I worked with this person and they were really passionate. We spent like three months working on something. Mm -hmm. And if I needed to like, like change something, boom, they'd be on a Skype call yeah. working on it like right now. And, exactly. and that's kind of what you want versus the person that kind of says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they disappear. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you need a person that's like really gun ho and they're willing to go into the music down to like, oh, you know, in minute 142 is like, we need to change this. And, yeah, and then having a conference call and talking about it and actually doing it, and yeah, you know, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, I've been able to get people to work like that remotely, which is kind mm -hmm. of cool. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. between my hardware stuff and my DAWs, and actually being able to get people to you know just exchange the files to Google Drive. Yeah, and, you know what? Oddly enough, I found that people like abroad from me are actually more on point than people I could physically meet with in my own city, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is odd. I, yeah, or somebody with Canada or somebody in Germany. Yeah. And, you know, like I was working with this German artist, like Turnabello.com. They did a mm -hmm. cover of my last album, Scott cool. Adam. And I can just jump on a call with him and he'll, he'll do it like right now. You know, he'll get stuff done. He's working on my next album cover. He did the That's last awesome. one I did. And he's like really super reliable and he's very, creative and we you know i told him what my idea for my next album was and mm -hmm. now he's like working up all the artwork and yeah. we, we can go back and forth and he'll adjust it and i'll send him songs and he interprets them and creates art for it mm -hmm. and that we're kind of into this new thing we're going to try to use vinyl 
because you can do a lot of art with vinyl. In terms of the, like the format is so much bigger that if you put in like a post or you put in some kind of liner notes, you can kind of go back to like the 70s and the 60s and actually have a package that fans will buy <laughs> just because of what it looks like, you know, on top of, you know, the music, but, um, oh, you're still there? Did we lose you? Oh, okay, you're still there? Yeah, sorry, I think you cut out for a minute there. Yeah, so I was saying like the old vinyl package, you know, is just so cool for a lot of the fans too are really into buying vinyl. They'll buy your vinyl mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. they'll buy your CD, you know? Yeah. And so there's like, with the kind of electronic music I do, there's, there's a niche market that wants to see that kind of custom vinyl with the artwork and all that stuff. And so I've been kind of taking advantage of that. But. That's really cool. See, yeah, that's... I can, yeah, is that kind of direction where you'd be interested in like doing custom stuff like that when you work on your album or you think is this still like more download than, than physical stuff? Um, I mean, like one, one of the things that is in the development right now is my website, which I should have had done a long time ago. But I think now I've, have more content. That's what I was really waiting for. Um, and uh, my web designer had actually asked me, is there like a, a alternate way from just like downloading and stuff that you would like to like custom promote in a sense. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so I, I don't really have anything at the top of my mind, um, but it's definitely a, a, a thought or an option that I wouldn't mind considering in the future yet. Yeah, because t-shirts sell pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like you have t-shirts on your web page and people will buy those posters. People like, you know, even little buttons and little stickers, you know, stuff like that. You can find, you know, merchandising companies that do reasonable pricing so you actually can make money. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, CDs are, are easier to do than vinyl, but there mm -hmm. are ways to like crowdfund vinyl. Um, that are, you know, there's this French company I've been working with. There's a bunch of other things who like CD Baby and stuff where you can actually not have to put up the upfront for Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, then you, then you can, you know, it would be, it can be cool when you do, I do live shows like in New York and mm -hmm. so we bring like, you know, a hundred copies of vinyl to New York. And sell yeah, see, that's awesome. That's you can right. make, you can make more money than some of the venues give you. <laughs> See, you know, that's actually a very thing, a very popular thing, I think, in New York. Because when I, I've gone to New York once and, well, a few times, but this one particular time when I was walking through the streets, like that is still a known thing that is like practice, like vinyls, CDs, like that is not a thing in Toronto or, or Oh yeah, maybe your your home market. Maybe they're not so much into it. No, no, but you know what? I mean, I I think it should be because essentially that's what music grew from. Like you know. Yeah, there seems to be a whole audience now that is going. I mean, they've actually brought back high end record players. Like, yeah. Back in the set, late seventies, late eighties, they had these really high end record players, and they kind of went away. And all these big record player companies are now bringing back high fidelity record players oh yeah super audio control and like tube amplifiers and so there's a whole kind of audiophile now that's looking for music to be on vinyl and then they're looking right. for that artwork and they're looking for that kind of you know what used to be done in the past you go get sergeant pepper you go get a led zeppelin record and it had this artwork that was like unbelievable yeah and, oh yeah and i think that there's some modern artists that are picking up on that there's this niche and if you do it right, you can actually make more money selling 
less than 50,000 vinyl than you ever could selling like a million CDs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, with, with, no, with, a, with that arrangement, you could actually make more money yourself. <laughs> I think you have to also find like a particular audience that's kind of down for that. Like that is like looking for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but that's yeah, so- that's... Yeah, there's a certain audience that's looking for that, you know, and so if you tap tap into it and you get your, your Facebook page set up or you set up your own personal website, once you do that and then you show up physically to shows with your with your merch, you make, you make sure you find clubs that don't want to take like 50% of your merch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of clubs will like let you just do it and they won't take anything, but some clubs are kind of figuring out that people are making money on this, so... They're starting to like trying to cut into your cut. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not cool, right? That's <laughs> yeah, not cool. No, it's like I try to stay away from guys that do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think like when it comes to merch, it's it's pretty um, uh, self. Um, like it's it, you can do it, I guess, on your own. Like it's not a very hard thing to do um, if you know basic, like you know, yeah. um, kind of import and export. I guess kind of. Depending yeah, on what you yeah, do. I mean, you can make a pretty good profit. I mean, if you, oh, yeah. if, you if you set the the quantity up and you think you reasonably can sell it, mm-hmm. and you know that you can um distribute, you know, and there's some arrangements where you don't even have to mail it yourself. You know, some people go on and say, "Well, I want to keep all the money," but then you go mailing it yourself, you can run into issues. But there there are things you can do. There's all kinds of different places that can do stuff. You know, there are t-shirt companies that will mail it for you and do it yeah, on demand sure. and, and you don't have to actually build up a big demand. So that's kind of cool that they have that and your profit, you know, margins are starting to get better. Um, and then you know, there's a totally do it yourself things that you can do if you're mm-hmm. into it and you've done it. But yeah, I've run into a lot of like indie bands, like in the Northeast within Boston, New York, mm-hmm. that that's, that's how they make their money. They really make yeah. their money through the merch more than yeah. anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, but hey, it it I mean, it helps cross promote yourself and if you make a few buck off of it, then why not, yeah. right? Well, it lets you stay in the game where maybe if you didn't do that, you wouldn't actually pe- be able to keep on going. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, sometimes the music, you know, with the streaming today, how much money you make from that is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know, and then you're trying to, then when you go to shows, you got some, some venues, you know, to get on a big festival, some venues, like they want you to pay. Yeah. You know, and so, so like, you know, if you, you're lucky, you get one of those ones that pays and you got to get there, you got to spend the money to move stuff. You know, if you got mm-hmm. a, a bigger band, you know, your profit margin can drop massively. Oh, you yeah. Move, move people, move your tickets. You got to have all your equipment, you have roadies and all this stuff. And it's like, well, what's the profit margin? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, so I've been actually doing one thing. I think it's really cool is you can do live streaming like on Facebook. In right. Periscope. And, you know, you can create these YouTube, you know, videos. You can do live performances. And if you set yourself up with like good lights and you can turn your house into a stage. And there yeah, are some, some websites now that let you take tips oh, in, on awesome. those live performances. And then then you find a way you can like perfect your live show on the net and before you actually take it to take a club. It. Right. <laughs> so there's um there's a app that's kind of similar to that. Um and it's called Spotlight, except um a a big portion of it is like cover songs, but you can also go live on it. Oh, cool. Um the only difference is that 
you I don't think they accept tips quite yet, but you can join competitions like these contests and then people can vote whom they obviously enjoy the most. And then there would be a cash prize at the end of that. So, so yeah, I mean, that app is pretty cool. Um, It's just a little bit saturated with people who are just like doing it for fun versus like actual artists who like have actual talent. which is okay because it's you can easily decipher the two, but um, yeah, so that's a cool app too. I um, was featured on their page recently, um, so that that's was cool. pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I should definitely. Um, I had a Periscope account. I don't know what, what uh, I guess I, I didn't follow up with it or I didn't really know too much about it at the time. I didn't um, delve into it enough, but that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, Periscope is really cool. Is that sometimes the audio, I mean, the video quality, I would just admit that the Facebook has like HD video. And so, right. like, if you, when you do the Facebook, the only thing I would say sometimes is like trying to get a landscape picture of your performance. Sometimes it's kind of, it's interesting because when Facebook puts it up, it kind of puts it like, you do, it doesn't actually put it up on their site in the, in the landscape mode. Mm-hmm. If you're on a phone, you can just turn your phone and you'll see it. Yeah. If you're on like a PC, you can't like flip it. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, there are there are apps you can do, you know, with, like, on a Mac and PC that kind of flip it yourself and then re yeah. it up and put it back up. Um, yeah. The live performance sometimes, if you're doing like a landscape to kind of capture a bigger, wider stage, it doesn't go up that way. Mm. Like it's like stuck in poetry mode, and you're like, "Oh, that's so annoying!" Is there like the block sides on either side of the? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, I hate that. <laughs> sometimes you have to do like a close-in shot if you want to just get it on its standard poetry mode. Yeah, which, which kind of like less you know area. If you have a bigger band or something, you want to capture the whole band, and you're like, you only capturing like the lead singer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. But not if cool. you're somebody like yourself where you're doing like a solo performance, you'll probably be okay, you know. But. Um, but if you had your full band, it's kind of hard sometimes. But yeah, it's always there. I think they're trying to. There's all kinds of things now where they're doing like multiple camera angles. Oh uh, yeah. There's some some there's this new capability that just came out, um, and, and it basically allows you to take like multiple iPhones or tablets or Androids, and then link them on a Mac, and have multiple camera shots on a live oh, performance okay. going right on Facebook. So can you, could you like do that with a GoPro and like? Yeah, you can take whatever camera you want. You can take a GoPro, you could take like a Zoom Q8N or something or any of those. Plus you're, you can like tie multiple cameras together and have a multiple camera angle shot performance. Cool. From your your own house. I think, I mean, it's, I think the the, the only, you know, issue is it's like a thousand dollars for this capability. It's like a, it's like mm. a server box. It's a box. You have to buy this. Oh, like okay. You buy this box and it allows you to do it wirelessly with like wireless cameras, and then you can set them all up. But oh. if you think about that a long time ago, that would have cost way more than a thousand. Oh yeah, totally. So, yeah. So if you think about that, like now it's actually the direction I'm going is to going and you know eventually doing a lot of webcasts and even this show on Spearman, I would still do the audio version, but I want to do like a video version where I kind of am able to do multiple camera angles and have people give me, you know, you know, they can give me video ahead mm-hmm. of time uh, or, or insert music or all kinds of things. And you could actually do like a, like a real, like uh, 
television kind of like yeah like, yeah like an interviewed live yeah. television series kind of yeah yeah so cool. that's, it's the long-term goal for what i'm doing here nice <laughs> so eventually i have to make it have you on if you're willing to do that yeah and then i will not have to be in my pajamas <laughs> well yeah the radio you can kind of be however because i'm not wearing my pajamas right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah it's like but the video kind of puts you in a different place and you got to think about what it looks like but yeah yeah it's just really cool. cool to see like you're you're progressing um everybody yeah and so how, how is the audio sorry if you don't mind me asking when you do that on periscope on facebook is the audio well, facebook, well the way i do it is i use this rolling device called a go mixer okay. they created this mixer that's especially for smartphones and so it has a lightning capability and it has a micro USB. It hooks up right to your cell phone and then it lets you hook up like a quarter inch line from your mixer directly mm. to the phone so it doesn't go over the air. Oh, so you I see. actually get very high quality audio. I've been using it on Facebook for the last like six months. And mm. um, the Facebook I like because it has HD video. Yeah. And then, then I actually am able to bring like 24 bit audio from my like zoom i have a zoom like r16 digital recorder i got like a yamaha mixer and okay. I, can, I can actually bring that audio directly from my soundboards right oh, into cool. the facebook and there's no open air anything and i have these oh, mics that i use for like singing that that actually have noise cancellation so they don't pick up like noise nice. outside noise from so if I sing, it only picks up the singer. It doesn't pick up my me banging the keys on my keyboard. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so so it's kind of cool. They have these really cool mic systems now. So if you have a home studio, you don't yes. necessarily have to be totally isolated mm -hmm. in order to stop that background noise from coming in. So that's kind of cool innovation that's happened in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of deep into tech. I'm a tech guy in the first place. But yeah, I remember um, you telling me from before. Yeah, it's my main job is a tech job. But you know, I, I do this because I love it. But yeah, I just try to, like, you know, I've been talking to people since 2017. This is the second time we've talked. I'm mm -hmm. actually, you know, making the rounds where I'm hitting people I talked to in 2017. Again, which is really cool. cool. The people are still showing interest. I really Thing is cool that you, you, you showed an interest to come back and yeah why not I mean you know casual talks like this um, it actually you can learn from um, and then also it just kind of peace of mind that that um, you can relate to other people you know so yeah because what I found I think I've said before is like there was a lot of interview um, well there are places on the net they're trying to interview indie artists and they're making them pay you know and, oh, crazy! And they're you know people are actually you know getting into it, and they're not total scam sites where you take give money and then you don't get to do it, but you know they're they're creeping yeah. up their fees from like fifty to like a hundred dollars, and 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 they're making you know people feel like they got to pay that to get interviewed. And I felt like you know I'm a music fan. I love all genres. And yeah, I'm a musician myself, and I, I I think I just wanted somebody to do that for me, so I said well, I'll just do it, and kind of pay it forward. <laughs> so. I just, you know, once you start doing it, then, you know, people find that there's a, a place to talk and uh, you just do it because it's, as a musician, it's cool to talk to other musicians and mm -hmm. it's, it's cool to actually, you know, learn about other genres. If, if you know, you're not into that genre specifically yeah, as a musician, 
but you know, you talk to a punk rocker, you talk to a dance singer, you talk to a jazz singer, you just, you just get, or, you know, different bands and stuff. You just find out more about music and I'm really into music overall. So. Yeah, for sure. And um, it builds a little bit of a community, you know, um, so much things are done online nowadays, but uh, so little is like actually um, like a, a real connection, I guess. Like, you know, it's very easy to just see something and like it or whatever, but actually going into an interview and speaking to someone kind of makes it more personal and uh, you get to know the person who's interviewing you and the artist themselves. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I like asking people, like we talked last time about your process mm-hmm. and um, maybe we get into it more with your new direction. Oh yeah. In, in your process, like you just said, you were working with like a live band. So when you were doing that, were you physically going to a studio with them or you yes. overdubbed it on top of what they gave you? So uh, specifically with them, um, what happened was their pianist I'm uh, good friends with, and he's also a producer. So he reached out to me and said, Hey, I got this track. I think you'd be great on, which he had electronically produced. So I said, okay, cool. I wrote to it. I liked it. And it kind of had like this Spanish kind of um, vibe to it. Um, And he brought up the idea like, Hey, and he is part of their band, as I mentioned. So he said, I think this would sound really cool with the band. Like, why don't I ask them if they're down to like jam it out and uh, we'll see how it sounds. I said, sure. So they actually have a studio that they rent out um, downtown Toronto. So I went in one day and we jammed it out and it sounded just amazing. It was really full um, they're all very talented. Um, so, you know, everything from the, and, and that goes for pretty much anything, anything that's, that's taken from electronic base to, um, something that's real percussions raw, and it gives you that live feel. It just feels fuller. So the song just became fuller and I really liked it. And then he's like, Oh, you know, we should get a trumpet player on, on it. I was like, that would be cool. And all these ideas. And then, I don't really know what happened. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, life happens to those specific individuals and it's kind of a project that's been dragged on for a while now, but um, that would that was the process for that particular song. And then it worked the same way with all the other songs on that EP. Um, but I mean, it could, if I worked with a different band where we like made a song from scratch, it would have been a completely different process, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I find, you know, cause like a lot of people today, they use like the DAW, they go into like, you know, their, um, their workstation and, you know, they grab all the sounds from sound banks. But I kind of, I think I talked about, it. I, I do it like using old school analog synths like Moogs mm-hmm. and Profits and, even though you know it's electronic music, there's a difference. The old analog modes and profits and like Jupiter H from Roland, they don't sound like what's in a DAW. Mm-hmm. And and though another thing you can do is if you like live record with with you know modular and analog synths, you can have kind of like a neo jazz fusion feel um, to your music if you actually you know play it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. so, you know, a lot of what I do is I live record synthesizers 
you know, and don't run them into a dot, run them right into a digital recorder. So you don't lose any of the compression. You don't get compression, which means that you keep that full analog sound that you would mm -hmm. hear from like a band like Yes or Genesis or Emerson, Lake and Palmer. You get to hear those synths the way they really sound. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's kind of like what I'm into. Cause I'm into jazz. I'm in, into kind of progressive rock and part of that whole genre was the, the sound of those instruments is very big and mm -hmm. the modern technology and a dog compresses that stuff and, and kind of takes the life out of it. Um, so yeah. electronic music can actually sound better than what some people hear today is mm -hmm. it because if you don't, if you use these DAWs, then they compress the signal so much that you have to throw tons of reverb and digital stuff on top mm -hmm. of them to try to open them up. But the real old, the old sense don't do that. They just sound better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying about live because I'm trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then also what I noticed, because I, I actually recently found out that I have synesthesia. Do you know, do you know what that is? Yeah, well, I name a lot of my music synesthesia, so I understand. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I have music synesthesia, so I see colors from music and depending on like what sounds I'm hearing, whether it's like percussions or uh, uh, vocals, harmonies, melodies, they are all different colors and the colors are kind of like um, a representation of, of, the music, the, yeah. of the sound itself. Uh, so if something's like more thick, more rich, um, there's this one vocalist she has like this very smoky thick rich voice kind of like um no i wouldn't even say amy winehouse uh jazzy smoky kind of a voice oh, she has and i see a lot of violet when she's when she sings oh, so that's just an example when i see per when i hear percussions uh actually when i hear guitar mostly i see a lot of orange um and it's an actual uh, thing and I didn't know this was a thing. Um, a yeah. friend of mine, the fiddle player, uh, she had shared a post on Facebook that she was like she went to a doctor because she just really didn't understand and she got diagnosed with it. And then I read into her post and she had like a link to like this doctor that had like did a little video on her because they were so intrigued. Um, her amongst like other artists or other visual people that have this because there's different types of synesthesia um and that's where i came to realize like holy holy hell i have that <laughs> and a lot of people don't know what it is or like i have i had once tried to explain to a friend that i'm seeing things when i hear music and they thought i was crazy <laughs> but um yeah so when so my point is when i did so what i saw when i had the electronic um, beats produced was completely different versus when I went into the studio and actually jet like jammed out with a live band. Mm -hmm. Everything was much more vibrant, uh, thicker because of what you're saying. Like it's it's uh, yeah. the natural raw, you know. Kind of like vinyl between vinyl and a CD. The vinyl captures like the original like analog signal. And so when you get to a CD, what happens is like to make that decision to make it digital, they pull a lot of things out of the signal, which makes mm -hmm. it sound kind of hollow or tinny. Um, and they do all kinds of things with effects to try to bring it back. But at the end of the day, it's, it, it lost 
some of that original sound. So when you hear something live, that's why it always is going to sound more full, you know, but you can do things if you, you know, use a real tape or you put something down on vinyl, you keep it at a wave file, you don't put, turn it into an MP3, then, then you can end up keeping more of the signal. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what happens. And you know, a lot of people today, they're like, oh, you know, it's listen to music on their phone. But like I said, there's a whole audio file community that's going back to vinyl. There are people actually even going on reel to reel because <laughs> the reel to reels keep a lot of it the same way, like vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there's kind of this resurgence of tape, even. You know, I've seen that actually coming back. Um, there's a you know, whole group of people that are going back to that. But yeah. like, not a tape cassette, but like the old reel to reels. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because, like, I think Kanye West said he had skin synesthesia before I remember. And he, he? he talked about how he saw colors in his music. And you can kind of, like, he has such a very wide, wide, um, you know, reference point in his music. He is like jazz, rock, you know, mm -hmm. old it, 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 it kind of, I think sometimes, like, when you have that kind of issue, that it helps you, you know, in some ways, you can t use that to help you with your music. You know, because then you can, oh yeah, totally. you can feel things a little bit differently, uh, mm -hmm. and then maybe makes you look at your palette of reference points or different things you're going to use in your music, in a different from a different perspective. Yeah, I think that's always good in music when people can take something and, and have a different perspective than what is maybe typical, then, mm -hmm. then it ends up being more interesting. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. Yeah. So like recently, I um. I I was I sort of been getting fed up because of everyone that I'm working with and not in a fed up way where like I'm sick of the people themselves I'm just sick of the situation I find myself in where it's not being as productive as I'd like it to be because um, it's totally understandable why you know life happens to people and you know if you can't really work on something and I can't really blame you you know um, but so I've taken it upon myself to take a production course because like. I have been always so lost when it comes to production. Like I look at any of these programs, Logic, Ableton, mm -hmm. et cetera, and I feel lost. But I, I think that's just because I have a specific way of learning. Like I'm yeah. really kinesthetic and I need someone to show me hands-on physically how to do it. Um, and a lot of people, they can just play with programs and figure it out or it just comes naturally to them. But for me, I need to be shown. And once I'm shown, I will know. So I took a basic uh, Ableton course uh, back in uh, February and um, it's it has taught me a lot. And I have like a greater, much greater understanding now behind the production process behind things. Um, I don't consider myself a producer though. Um, mm -hmm. I, I still haven't gotten to making like a full-fledged track, but because um, my strengths are obviously, you know, singing and songwriting. But now my process is um, I, so I, what happens to me is at any given time, at any moment, a melody will occur in my head or song lyrics um, and it's always at the worst time like when I'm driving <laughs> I'm at a red light or you know uh, it's just bad timing but um, I've now uh, realized that I should like take those times even if I have to pull over or something and just like re record whatever's in my mind 
And then when I am able to go back home to my studio, I, I find like, whether it's four keys on the piano or four chords on the guitar or just basic, simple uh, rhythms and patterns. And then I try to, to create like a flow out of whatever melody or song lyrics that came to my head. And then that becomes the basis of my song. And then I record that into Ableton. And now I'm just like slowly trying to figure out how to add, you know, synths, add drums, add, add here and there. Um, and then I just like pass it on to someone who's a little bit more, um, <laughs> uh, you know, certified production and they kind of tune it up. So that's like what I'm working on right now. Um, so yeah, a lot of very singer songwriter like really elements. Cool. Well, I, I think it's great that I kind of take take more ownership in that process. Um, you know, for a lot of years, what what I did is I used like you know Tascam four trackers, moved to like the Zoom like digital recorders. And mm -hmm. I always like like the Zoom digital audio recorders because you can kind of track like the old days. It, um, if you use like an R24, 24 track Zoom, um, it just lets you punch in and punch out and overdub in a very easy way. It's all, you know, on that machine. You don't have to go to the computer. And mm -hmm. I just have my physical sense, especially with these analog sense. You can just have mm -hmm. this recorder next to them, plug a quarter inch line into the recorder and then start, you know, put down some drum tracks, put down some bass tracks and just overdub. Mm -hmm. And so what I like to do, and I, because I do it live with this digital recorder, it has kind of a live feel. It mm -hmm. doesn't have like the kind of processed feel that you can get sometimes from like Ableton or from Logic or, you know, all the other systems. Because I actually physically played it. Like I was in a studio running tape. Mm -hmm. um, and so... The digital recorders allow you to kind of do that in, in a way that gives you this kind of natural feel. Mm -hmm. And then you can then bring it into Ableton and do whatever you want to do. But I like to actually, you know, record live and then bring it in later to have pr produce it. And so like the R16s and R24s and Tascam, they have these recorders that make it easier to lay down stuff. You don't have to mm -hmm. know a lot of computer knowledge. You just do track one, track two, and stereo. And that could be your vocal track, and you put down a bass and just play it. Yeah. And so it makes it very easy. You don't have to go through all this stuff with USB and your computer and your Mac. You just you, know, you plug your quarter inch guitar into it. You plug that your sounds so convenient. You can mic your piano and you bring it into it. Um, and so I've been a big proponent of of doing things that way. I've been doing it for like fifteen years, <laughs> recording okay. that way. Um, and even though the DAWs are around, I have Ableton, mm -hmm. I still prefer to use my R24. That's yeah, I mean, if it off. makes your life more, it makes it easier, and the process can be more convenient for you. I mean, other people may prefer it a different way, but, you know, to each their own. You got to, like, find your yeah. flow and what works for you, so. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm getting more into Ableton, because the cool thing about Ableton is if you put, Ableton works really good for live performance. Like compared oh, yeah. to some DAWs, you can take Ableton onto the stage and it works oh, really yeah. well. Compared yeah. to like if you're using like FL Studio and some of the other ones aren't really built for that. Mm -hmm. But Ableton is is actually mm -hmm. built to be able to bring it out on the stage and view tracks and play over them, sing over them. It makes it easier to do that. Yeah.
Yeah, that's pretty cool. So there's a there's a use for those things, you know, when live performance, I, I like to use it to help because I like to be in like a one person band and I'll play live over some tracks. So I'll do a bass lead or a synth lead or drums and I do a show where a lot of stuff is actually inside that sequencer, but then I play live on top of it. Um, and so that allows you to have somewhat of a controlled music with still some some like things that you're ad-libbing on top mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. So you, you can still have your structured show and, and you can theoretically, you know, go out there at a one person band and you can actually do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I think I mentioned last time, uh, Tash Sultana and uh, a few other artists who, that's what they do. They're like one woman band show. And they just, you know, they just uh, bring yeah. Ableton and, and yeah, and, uh, so perform like, on the fly. Yeah, with the, your new direction, you're taking, you know the the range of it so you could this is what happened to me a long time ago like i was in a band and the guy stopped showing up mm. and like life gets in the way and then i kept on wanting to go and i said you know what i'm just gonna make the decision i'm gonna be a one person operation and you yeah. know and i just figured out how to do it and i've done shows in new york as this one person band with all these like synths and stuff and people find it really interesting yeah and that's what i'm trying to get to too so yeah yeah, I think that's really cool. That, that I think a lot of people will give you to see, um, you know, there's a lot of artists in Europe that do that. There's a lot of, a lot of artists like in, in Asia, they're, they're doing this kind of thing. And um, mm -hmm. it's getting more prevalent that, that you get these artists that are figuring out that, yeah, I, I want to get it out there. You're dedicated. You want to do what you want to do. And you just, you start taking more ownership of your sound and you just, you just take it. You, have, you don't have to wait. Yeah, for exactly. else. <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool it's cool to hear that you're going that way because like you know i've been a big yeah. proponent of that but um yeah okay. you love to work with other people if you get a full band like i love seeing full bands you know oh yeah i mean i i would love that you know it's just it's hard when you're not um when you want to remain a solo artist but work with a band and versus claiming the band and then naming the band a band name yeah so you know you'd have to find people who are not hard-headed who are w willing and to listen to what you want um and then you know also it comes down to um you know expenses and stuff you know no one no one does anything for free which is it shouldn't be that way anyway because if you're good at something you should you shouldn't do it for free but um yeah so yeah, it's just the harder, once you bring like four people in, you have four personalities, you have four people's schedules. Yeah, you know, exactly. You gotta, you gotta deal with the fact that you gotta move all that. You, know, you gotta have a van or something. So it just increases the cost all around, increases mm -hmm. the complexity. And then you gotta get people to agree. And you know, that that if you go back to even bands like the Beatles, you know, they fell apart yeah. when they started to disagree. Yep. Know? You know, that's that's really the the basis of why most bands fall apart yeah. yeah like the eagles you know they had that big blow up that you know their personalities just collided you know mm -hmm. they, eventually if, if you stay with people like that they're like a family and families like fight you know yeah. <laughs> and, and and it just is hard to stay you know in sync with multiple people you know and so it's always more difficult um you know even a duo can have a have trouble you know it's just once you bring another person and you just have to have that kind of like 
willingness to compromise, a willingness to kind of work things out. And if somebody's at A level and the other person's not, then <laughs> yep. your, your personality and you're like, oh, it's going to be hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's what it is, right? At the end of the day, I just want to make good music. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the whole, yeah, you got to have that dream. You know, yeah. every musician that I've talked to, the reason they're doing it is because they have this vision, they have this dream, mm -hmm. and, you know, they want to do, they want to make their mark, and they have, they have these ideas, and then they want to put them out. And the passion about their art is what drives them, you know. And so I think that's, like, what I've been very interested in is, you know, trying to find out where that is in each person, you know, where, where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the deal. <laughs> yeah. So what, once you have this new album, you know, that would be cool. We could have it come back on and promote it. And, yeah, uh, for sure. And, I yeah. mean, one of the things that, uh, I was speaking with a good friend of mine, she's a, She's an electronic violinist, but she doesn't like she's classically trained, but she's like the very opposite of that. She wants to kind of like make a mark as a violinist because people think of violin and they think of, you know, the, the sad sorrow orchestra or, you know, and she she plays along to hip hop beat. She plays along to EDM. She plays along to, you know, she's very talented. And uh, I was having the same discussion with her and I was like, dude, I'm stuck. Like, what do I? What do I do? And she's like, have you ever asked yourself? And, and this is not being, you know, sexist in any way. It's just maybe it's it's what's going on in my situation. But she said, are you working with any female like producers? Are you working with any female artists? And I it, and it hit me like I have not worked with one female producer or artist and not because, you know, I, I, it's just never occurred to me and it's maybe just never crossed my path. So she said, you know, maybe, maybe give it a try. Like she gave me a few contacts to hit up who are female producers, singers, songwriters, etc. And, um, and I said, Hey, you know what, maybe that, I don't want to say that's the reason. Um, but in my particular situation, it may be. So I'm yeah. hoping that, uh, you know, once I, I have reached out to them and I do meet out, meet up and maybe it'll be um, a process that's sooner to be completed than uh, how things has been. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea because I think um, a lot of times what I've seen, you know, if a lot of my Spearman uh, interviews have been with female indie musicians. And what I find is like the male musicians, some of them are like, well, we don't, we don't need that. You know they're 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 not as apt to 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 want to get interviewed, but what I've seen is a big there's a lot of fire going on with the female indie artists where they really are pushing and they want to get out there, and and they're willing you know to talk with you know, another indie person like me where some of the male artists are kind of like they feel they already have their channels they have everything all set up, and you know it's kind of like that like kind of privilege they feel, <laughs> and I found it that, that there is. I maybe interviewed three other male artists and everybody else has been a female indie artist. Yeah. It kind of shows me there's more drive. And yeah. so I think with the producers, with the female producers, there might be more opportunity because they're really wanting to get established. They want to get more acts out there under mm -hmm. the belt. Mm -hmm. And so you probably have a better shot at yeah. getting work done because they really want to 
get it on their resume. They want to get it on their, you know. I also think too, I think also too, like we would be able to relate in a different way that myself and a, and a male producer may, you know. Yeah, that is important too, yeah. So, you know, when it comes to the like lyrics on paper, that may shift drastically because, you know, because I like often ask for input or thought or whatever from whoever I'm working with, even on my lyrics, even if I am confident in them, like I, I still want to know a third person's opinion. And um, f- responses that I've gotten from male producers are not very thorough. <laughs> they're just more, yeah. uh, you know, at least so the ones that I've worked with, they're more like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, like, cool, whatever, you know, but I feel like a female would feel what I'm actually feeling through what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah. might be more empathetic. I think you'd have more empathy, you find more understanding, you know, and more critical thinking sometimes, uh, I think, um, in terms of, because I worked with a bunch of female artists in the last year on music where I give them lyrics, and I did get way more feedback than I ever got from my male musician friends. Mm-hmm. Where the male musician friends were like, eh, they, 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 they're more into playing their bass or playing the guitar. They weren't yeah, yeah. actually what getting they... into the, what the lyrics said, but the female mm-hmm. artist I work with was very detailed in mm-hmm. the review of my lyrics mm-hmm. at a level I never saw from my male friends. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's true. And and that's totally fine. Because there's, there's a strength in both sides, right? It's just, yeah. I really never One's thought about the it. Other, but I mean, sometimes it might be necessary to get that opinion, if yeah. you weren't getting it, you know, so yeah. it's, if you're looking for somebody to really give you critical thinking and positive feedback, you know, but I think that's also important, like positive feedback rather than negative feedback. So if you get somebody who's actually going to look at it and give you constructive criticism and constructive change rather than somebody comes in and it's like all or nothing um, and not really well thought out, that mm-hmm. you know, that's not very helpful. <laughs> but, but if you get somebody that has a more measured, you know, respect of respect, you know, giving you respect for what you do and then giving you constructive criticism, I find that, you know, when I've worked with like a lot of people, I've actually... I had a couple of male friends that, that actually could do that, but there were more women I've worked with that are better at it. Yeah, yeah. Overall. So I'm I'm hoping my experience will uh, go well, and then when I'm uh, finally do have it ready for you, then I will definitely, you know, send that over, and uh, we can reconvene at that point. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And. Uh, like I always open it out. I'm always collaborating with people. Like if you're ever into like what I do, what I do is very, you know, weird <laughs> and not everybody would be into it. But, um, can I do these male and female voices with my voice coder? It's kind of like really like a real subgenre. but, um, yeah, if you're ever into anything I'm doing, you know, if you ever thought there was something, I'm always down to work. And once I work on something, I, I do work on it. You know, I don't, cool. so it gets done. So if there's <laughs> anything you'd ever want that has that kind of, you need Moog sounds or you need classic synth sounds or whatever on anything you're working on. Um, I do like yeah. to work with people. So. I mean, like, even if it's not like a full track, maybe if it was like a uh, portion of the track that just like went into some cool different sounds. Like, I like when music has like that variation, like it goes from one thing and then it goes into something else and then it goes back up and then it goes back down. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool to keep in mind. And um, thanks for there. Let me know. Yeah, I've been getting really into what they call Euro Rats, which are these heavily modified custom synthesizers. 
they're mm. built with these modules and i just got these really the coolest thing just before you leave i got this thing from this company called make noise and they make mm -hmm. this sampler module that's not like a normal sampler it samples like your own music so i actually don't sample other people's music i sample one of my older tracks mm. and it's it's so advanced it can actually take the music and slow it down to like 25 minutes so it goes that slow and it good, good breaks it down to like milliseconds and then it can basically act like its own oscillator so it can take a sample and turn it into a sound source that's and crazy. because it does all these weird things, it can kind of basically do like the backward tape looping that the Beatles used to do. It does very advanced oscillation. And so you can get this very kind of weird psychedelic Beatles weird, you know, progressive rock type sounds out of samples, which is, you know, most people just take a sample and it's like, oh, okay, it's like David Bowie and uh, the Queen turn it into Ice Ice Baby you know yeah and, and you just sampled the drum and you sampled the beat and it's pretty obvious this is a not an obvious sampler it actually does very progressive things and so it's it's i've been using it really heavy and i think it adds like a color to your music that is very hard to get anywhere else so it's kind of cool i've been real heavy into it but that's just one of the things i have but yeah i mean it'd be cool anything you want to do in the future that'd be awesome cool i'll definitely keep it in mind um always open to, you know, different things. Uh, if it makes sense, then yeah, definitely be reaching out. <laughs> well, well, have a great weekend. And, Thank uh, you. So this was uh, our second interview with Christina Passion. We're very yeah. happy that we got to talk to you again and we'll put this out and send you uh, any, um, the links for it. And if you have anything you want to promote, send me back like a link when I push this back out to my Twitter, my Facebook and my blogger, uh, if you want certain things to be focused on any links you have let me know all right well it sounds great thank you so much again for having me and uh thanks for listening and uh we'll talk again soon in the future. Okay, thank you see ya. Right, take care bye